This evening's reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness was not overcome with it. There was a man man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I don't know if, you, uh, if you've noticed recently, but it seems like to do anything in our culture now, you have to have a background check. I don't know if you've noticed that before. I, I worked for about probably two decades uh, working with children uh, and teenagers in lots of different capacities, and in every one of those capacities, I had to have what? I had to have a background check. I worked uh, at a Christian camp. I had to have a background check. I worked with uh, teenagers in different categories. I had to be fingerprinted and background checked. I coached in Baltimore County schools. I had to be fingerprinted and background checked. It seems like it's just everywhere. I began to wonder if I was going to get flagged because I was background checked so many times throughout the process. I also worked in Howard County for a little while, and if you know anything about Howard County, you'll know that it's lots of government officials, and everybody that works in Howard County can't tell you what they do for a job, and they've all been background checked in in very thorough ways. I can remember many times uh, being interviewed by government officials that couldn't tell me what they do, but you knew it was important, but they were inquiring about people that I knew and whether they were safe and secure uh, to work in these government jobs. So it just seems like you have to have a background check to do anything these days. The reality is we all have backgrounds, right? We all sit here tonight and we could sit down and write our own personal history about the ups and downs of our life, the good things that have happened to us and the bad things that have happened to us. And there's some things about our backgrounds that we'd like to hide, things that we don't want people to know about. Maybe it's that crazy uncle or somebody in our family that we'd rather not tell everybody about, or maybe it's uh, something we've done in our past that we like to hide. So there's things we just don't like to talk about. And then there are things we like to embellish, right? Whether it's a resume or whether it's a, a first date with someone, there are things we just like to embellish about our backgrounds too, but everyone has a background. We all have stories that make up who we are and where we are headed in our lives. Well, this Christmas season, like every Christmas season, centers around the person of Jesus Christ. Personally and our world is confronted with probably the most important question there is, and that is, who is 
Jesus. Who was he? Who who is he? And what does it have to do with me and my life? And what the scriptures do is they help us answer that question. And this night, this, this evening, I'd like to look at two really important things that the scriptures tell us about Jesus and about his background. It tells us that Jesus had a very human background and also that Jesus had a very divine background. And what I tried to do to illustrate that is I put it on a card in your bulletin that you could see. One side represents the human background of Jesus. The other side tells us about his divine background. My uh, oldest son, Will, uh, recently, this past, uh, this past quarter, had to do a genealogy of his family. So he had to interview lots of people, he had to do lots of research, and one of the parts of the project was that he had to create a family tree that extended throughout several generations and back several generations in the past. He had to work on a genealogy. Well, two of the gospel writers are very careful to supply us a genealogy of Jesus or a family tree of Jesus. And, and for Jewish culture and Greek culture, this was particularly important. And that's why two gospel writers talk about it. Matthew talks about it in his, uh, the first chapter of his gospel. And what he does is he starts with Abraham, who was very important to the Jewish culture. He starts with Abraham and traces the lineage of Jesus throughout generations and generations and generations until you get to Mary and Joseph. Luke does the same thing, but he works backwards. You read it in Luke chapter 3. He actually starts with Jesus And then he works backwards through generation, through generation, through generation, till he gets to the very first man who ever lived, to Adam. What both of the gospel writers want us to understand, or what they want us to see, is the solidarity that Jesus has with humanity. Both genealogies include characters that uh, people are proud of, men and women of integrity, but lots of the genealogies also include people that we'd rather hide or forget about, cheaters and swindlers and sexual deviants and murderers and all these people that were in Jesus' past. And because Jesus' lineage is very human— And because it's human, it's really messy. It's full of flawed people that lived and ministered in a flawed and broken world that we all live in. But there's another side to Jesus' background too. There's a divine background to Jesus. And that's what John talked about, the passage that we just read in his gospel. He wants us to see Jesus' divine background. He uses a word to describe Jesus. It's called, the, it's, it's called word or logos in Greek. And what that word means is it carries a lot of meaning, but what it means is it is the very essence of life itself. The very thing that, make life, that makes life work, that makes life function, the very essence of what we are as people is all captured in the person of Jesus Christ. John tells us that Jesus was present in eternity past. He was there from the very beginning. 
He was through him all things were made. He was the agent with which God created the world, and he is a light that shines in the darkness. Jesus was divinity that invaded humanity. And because of these two backgrounds, Jesus was unique. He was unique in his personhood. He was humanity and divinity. He was both all in one person, fully God and fully man. And if you read through the Gospels, you discover that this was God's plan. This was the plan that God hinted at. This was his secret plan that he executed in order to bring about redemption. This was his plan to save you and I from our sins. To be born of a Virgin Mary, to be crucified, to die, to be buried in a grave, and then three days later to rise from the dead and ultimately to ascend into heaven. And he did all of this so that you and I could ascend to heaven with him. So that you and I could be forgiven for the sins we've committed. So that we could experience healing from the brokenness that we feel in our innermost being. So that you and I can be gathered to God the Father in a right relationship. I read a great article this week, I think it was yesterday, uh, on CNN. And it was written by uh, Carol Costello who is an anchor on CNN and also writes uh, for their website. And she wrote an article this week that was called Finding Jesus at Christmas Time. And in that article, she says how her lifelong dream, for as long as she could remember, has been to go to midnight mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And she found out that she was going to be in New York City this year for Christmas Eve. So she called the church to discover what the details were so that she could go to Midnight Mass. But when she called, she was disappointed because she found out you actually had to get tickets to go to Midnight Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And the Midnight Mass was sold out. In fact, it had been sold out for four months. They go on sale during the summer months, and they go very quickly. So you really have to plan your, your life out if you want to go to this midnight mass. So she was really disappointed. She was wondering, how am I going to connect with Jesus this Christmas? And just when she was thinking that, she began reflecting on an article that she was working at for CNN uh, on a person named Sister Ban. Sister Ban is an Iraqi Catholic nun who is living in a refugee camp right now in Kurdish-controlled Iraq. She lives in a a shipping container in a refugee camp uh, that has spotty electricity at best. And she had to flee to this area because she knew that if she stayed where she was and worshipped God, that she would be killed for her faith. So instead of being upset about her situation, she made the best of it. She's opened up a little schoolhouse for other uh, Catholic refugees uh, in uh, this Kurdish-controlled province, and she has tried to love and care for people in this horrible situation. And what Carol realized as she was reflecting on this story that she wrote is that Jesus is just as present 
in a refugee camp as he is in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And the reason that is true is because divinity chose to be wrapped in humanity. Divinity didn't come in a cathedral. Instead, it came in a manger. God did not come in, in pomp and circumstance, but the Messiah came and was incarnated in a messy stable to poor teenagers. And the same is true for you and I. He comes into our lives when we stop trying to make ourselves into cathedrals, when we stop trying to clean ourselves up, when we stop trying to fix our lives on our own because we never can. Instead, he comes when we own our messiness, when we recognize our helplessness, and when we receive his gift of grace. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the miracle of Jesus, God's Son, taking on flesh, divinity and humanity in one, so that you and I can be made children of God. Let's pray.